My favorite moment from this last week was I was talking to the producer of the show, Matt, and he was talking about he he started two men's groups in Toronto, and they're killing it. They're kicking ass. And he's talking about how, uh, you know, when he first started that he thought it was this big deal. It felt like a big deal. And then it just happened, and now they exist, and it just seems like the simplest thing in the world. And I got some really awesome feedback or an idea this week, and that was that, you know, when when we're trying to grow into something, there's these ideas or these people that become a gatekeeper, right? It's like, oh, if we only can cross over this line, if I only can get that far, if I can make this one thing happen. But then when we pass through there, that gatekeeper can just literally become a pain in the ass and be like kind of what holds you back. And I think that's a cool analogy to think about and something I've been thinking about a lot. Anyway, that concept really rings true for me now. And, and one of the cool things is that there is a just a whole lot of growth going on. You know, our organization's growing personally. We're growing. Right now my family's growing very, very fast, uh, both physically in the number of us, but also in our, I don't know, we're growing up. My wife and I have this amazing thing going on. Um, we're going to go full minimal. We are going to move into an RV with two kids and two cats and a dog. And we're committing to do this for about a year, at least. The journey with every man so far has involved uh, a lot of riding on optimism, a lot of uh, trusting and hoping. And although we're okay, for the most part, we're, we've definitely dug ourselves a hole. And so we are going to cut our costs make a pragmatic move here and really, uh, really live a different way. And, you know, there's some fear involved, but really the honest thing is this, this feels like growing up. It feels like, uh, the right move. It feels exciting. And, uh, so soon this podcast will be coming to you from a new studio somewhere on or around a beautiful orange orchard and avocado farm north of LA. Feeling pretty good about that. So, you know, this is uh, another example of growth. And what it really feels like to me is that the time period of treading water has just, it's just worn, it's welcome out. And there's been a lot of dog paddling. I'm not a great swimmer. I'd like to get, a, I'd like to be a better swimmer, but I'm just not that good of a swimmer. And it feels like uh, the last year or so has been a lot of just dog paddling, a lot of effort, not a whole lot of gain. And, um, Things are aligning now to shift that. Feels really good. Feels good to get some traction and start to make some real momentum. Anyway, that's enough rambling on my behalf. I appreciate you tuning in here. If you're listening to this podcast pretty much right when it releases and you're going to our melt training at Racebrook Lodge, there's 30 several of you that I'll be seeing this weekend. Very much looking forward to that. Then a couple weeks later, we will be at Open Source Ohio in the Midwest. I think there's like five or six tickets left. And this is our first Midwest retreat. We're pretty excited that we're selling this sucker out. If you're still on the fence and you'd like to come, there's room. Go online, everyman.com, sign up, and I will see you there. This retreat's going to be led by Dan McCombie and Aaron Blaine, two of our most active, most senior, and most skilled trainers at Everyman. Both these guys are coaches in our coaching program, as I am as well. 
Um, and if you haven't heard of our coaching program, go online and go under the coaching tab. We have a spectrum of men's coaches that are here to help you grow, become familiar and fluent with your emotions, to get clear on who you are, what you want, all that good stuff. It's like a laser-focused version of our groups and our retreats, and it's a good time too. So check it out. Reach out through the website if you're so inclined. And we got all other kinds of good stuff going on too. We have open source retreats up for sale both on the East and West Coast. We have one in April at Racebrook Lodge in the Berkshires. That's East Coast. We have one in May at Joshua Tree. That's on the West Coast. I will be at both of those. This podcast features Dr. Corey Ostrup. He is a naturopathic doctor. And he tells a story in this podcast of his mother and his family, and it's really interesting. His family is from about 20 miles away from where I grew up in the desolate, cold wastelands of northern North Dakota. <laughs> it's not actually wastelands, but... And he's also passionate about breathwork. And breathwork is, you know, one of these things that there's many different versions of, and it's really becoming more popular and normal in, I guess, a lot of different circles. And just very briefly, breath work is a conscious breath practice, breathing practice that can help you, you know, do all kinds of stuff, heal stuff, get over stuff, you know, be more vibrant, come more online, all kinds of things. And Wim Hof, probably the leader of the largest organization, organized way of doing breath work right now, um, yogic philosophy, yogic practices have breath work. Most meditation practices have breath work involved too. Uh, this is Corey's passion, and he, we talk a bunch about it on this episode, as well as a bunch of other stuff. This is kind of a freewheeling episode here. I really appreciate everybody who listens. If you find something here that resonates with you or rings true, be honored for you to share it with other people. Look us up, everyman.com. Check out what we do. Follow us on social media. That's always helpful, Instagram and Facebook. And reach out if you have questions or if you want to be a guest on the show, if you know somebody who should be a guest on the show, just reach out to the website, everyman.com. All right, enjoy the show. So, uh, yeah, so I've been rushing around for the past five minutes, so let's um, slow down a little bit. And let's start, just introduce yourself, like, uh, how about pretend you walked into a bar, and uh, I am sitting at the corner, I'm wearing a cowboy hat, <laughs> and um, I'm drinking a, like, a big bowl of a drink with a pink umbrella, um, and I'm just hammered. <laughs> so, introduce yourself to me in that setting. Got it, got it, yeah. So, yeah, my name is uh, Dr. Corey Ostrut, I'm a naturopathic physician, as well as a breathwork practitioner. Yeah. And I've been in practice for four years. My specialties are with autoimmune disease, specifically in pain-related disorders. Hmm. And I just, you know, recently got involved with breathwork um, for its just benefits and being able to provide people just amazing ability to let go of the shit that's been holding them back. Um, and it's been something that I have been super passionate about because... I have all these fancy tools in my tool belt. You know, I have people come to me to get stem cell procedures as well as um, PRP and Prolo um, to help with their sports injuries. Oh, but you do that stuff? You I do, do PRP I do, and, do and that stuff. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So I, that's kind of that's kind of like my 
my wheelhouse, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Um, but my true passion um, is leading breathwork circles and having people have just transformative experiences, you know, and it's been unbelievable. You know, I've have guys come in all the time and just get really awesome releases. Yeah. Wonderful. So yeah, let's start. Let's go super basic breath work. Yeah. What is it? What do you mean? Yeah. So everybody breathes, right? But a lot of us well, don't. <laughs> not everybody. I mean, it depends when you define someone and not someone, but right yeah, right sure. right yeah so all Actually, of us are, all there... of us are like breathing on uh uh a survival level let's say that like we're all sure. breathing to just survive are there any tech well you can be breathed for by a machine yes right yeah you can and technically you can have that but you're still breathing if you're you are yeah forced air yeah okay yeah you can definitely have that anyway yeah i'm not arguing with you we, we are all breathing <laughs> yes to stay to stay upright that's or, right or prone whatever or vertical. <laughs> That's what I was We're breathing. Say. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're all breathing, um, but a lot of us don't realize how powerful uh, our lungs can be mm-hmm. um, from a physical standpoint. So, like, 70% of our toxins are actually eliminated out of our lungs um, mm-hmm. when our lungs are fully working. Um, and when we really step into, like, what, like, what the hell is breath work? Like, breath work is just a tool for you to get out of your head and back into your heart. And that's what matters. Like that's that's truly what matters because we run this rat race in the United States of like living off other people's expectations mm-hmm. or like negative thought patterns. And when we truly can take a moment, just a moment to step outside of that, people have crazy realizations about their life and where they want to go. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah, that's totally awesome. And and so, you know, the every man this podcast and what we do at Every Man is is so you could say that what we're doing is getting together to get out of our head and into our heart. However, we we don't generally use the language um, of our heart because I think it scares off a lot of guys. Yeah, uh, necess- yeah. not necessarily, but um, you know, it's easy to uh, see a, a slippery slope down the the you know bell bottom wearing hippie town here, <laughs> which I'm you know as much of a hippie as anyone that's ever lived. So. Um, so tell us how, how does the be, let's go specific. So the type of breath work that you practice, mm-hmm. um, give us a outlay of what it looks like, what it actually feels like to experience. And then, and then share the, share some of the like actual, um, you know, what, what's happening in our bodies when we do this. Cause so, I'll, mm-hmm. and let me just kind of lay this out too. I've done tons of breath work in my life, a mm-hmm. life of many different modalities. The very first time I ever did anything like this, I was 22. It was my first wilderness therapy gig ever. Uh, I flew to Utah to go train and uh, live out in the wilds with these crazy kids. Mm-hmm. And the very first night of training I ever did, the facilitator, the, the main leader, trainer guy, had us do uh, what he called box breathing, which was simply, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I think it's inhale seven counts, hold three counts, exhale seven counts, hold three counts. And we, you know, we did several cycles of this and I got high as shit. Um, <laughs> and it was very grounding and it was, it was a cool experience. And then, you know, throughout the last 15 years, I've done lots of different stuff from the very intense stuff to the Wim Hof stuff sure. to my, my uh, Buddhist meditation practice has a, has a, a heavy element of, of, breath practice too sure so tell us about the one that you um have sunk your teeth into yeah yeah and i'm with you like i've done you know various pranayamas as well as buddhist practices and 
why this one's so juicy for me is because it just dives really deep, just gets to the core issue. Um, and so laying it out for you, you know, if you come to my class, what it looks like is uh, we have it at Sojourn Healing Collective, which is an awesome yoga studio right near Balboa Park, mm-hmm. downtown San Diego. Um, we host it every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. And uh, pretty much you just got to show up. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to bring a mat. You don't have to have like fancy yoga clothes. That's not what we're about. Um, you just show up um, and be comfortable and we, we take care of the rest. And so we essentially lay you out in a circle, um, walk you through the breath work practice, which is it's very simple. It's essentially deep inhales into the belly, mm-hmm. into the chest. That's in through the mouth and out through the mouth. Okay. And why we do that is it's a way to hyperoxygenate the system. And why, why is that important? Well, when you hyperoxygenate the system, that causes a huge dump of what endorphins. And that's why you said, hey, I feel high as shit. Yeah, you're going to feel high as shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's true. That's just, that's straight up real. So when you say hyperoxygenation, yeah. so like when I go into the hospital and they put the little clicker on my finger sure. that, that goes up to 100%. Sure. Can you go beyond 100%? Or is 100% okay? <laughs> I, I don't know that. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. We're definitely getting you towards 100% for sure. Okay. Yeah. But but it literally spe- actually does bring more oxygen into the into what into the cells is yeah. is that the literal mechanism that's Well, that's happening? literally what happens. And 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 what's important to remember is I'm pushing I'm pushing your physiology. Mm-hmm. So this is breath work. This isn't mm-hmm. this isn't an easy class. I'm going to yeah. push you. Yeah. Um and in that process of pushing you, you come back to some sort of balance. And that's why people feel so clear, so confident, so calm at the end of it because mm-hmm you push yourself it's like a workout you know you get Mm -hmm. that endorphin release and then your body knows how to respond but at a at a cell level what's really happening is yeah we're hyper oxygenating your system but what's even more important is you're actually lowering co2 and so when you Uh, lower your co2 sure that causes a myriad of effects one one of the most important ones i found out is your lungs start to produce high amounts of dmt um, and it also your pineal gland converts melatonin in it into DMT. Is that like for sure? That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I, According I to Brian, no Brian McKenzie and his work that he's been doing uh, in California. Yeah, that is what's happening. And so people definitely have out of body experiences like very similar to doing psychedelics. So it is that powerful. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced that for sure, but I didn't, I had never heard that piece of evidence. That's fascinating. Yeah, That's yeah. That's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And the, our breathwork technique, like it's, it is very hyper oxygenate. So you're really filling your body cavity yeah. and that causes a lot of pressure, especially mm. in your pineal gland, which is it's this little tiny gland in your brain. It's your third that, eye, man. Third eye, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's got a bunch of crystals in it, right? Believe it or not, all this <laughs> talk we're talking about, there's crystals in there. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait, wait. Yes. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> like, actually, what do you yeah. mean? So there's actual crystals inside your pineal gland. And every as you age, you get more and more crystals. And so, What do you mean, <laughs> crystals? <laughs> what? So, so, what ha- so I don't know exactly what these crystals are made of, but I do know what happens during breathwork, which is it causes those crystals, it causes what's called a piezoelectric effect. So when you take crystals and you really crunch them down, they give off energy, okay? I just saw an article that uh, when the sun, uh, after the sun expands and then cools down, it will be it, it will be full of crystals and it will be a mm. spoonful of the density of that sun will be as heavy as a helicopter. 
Anyway, so we're we're going Woo. we're going off the rails. So I have I basically tell people I have um when it comes to when it comes to woo woo mystical stuff. Sure. I basically believe everything. <laughs> but having crystals in my forehead, I think just pushed my edge a little bit. So 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 um that's interesting. Uh-huh. And I don't actually don't disbelieve it. But I would be very curious as to know what they're made of. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I could definitely do a little bit more research. It's all I know is that you compress these crystals <laughs> and that causes melatonin to be released hmm. um, in high amounts, which then gets converted to DMT in a, in a high CO2, low or, or high, 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 high oxygen, yeah, high CO2. oxygen, low CO2 environment. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's big deep breaths into the belly and the chest with an open mouth, both directions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how long you said about a 30 minute it's breath a, practice? between 30 minutes and upwards of an hour, depending on what needs to be worked on. So each class we have a theme. Um, okay. so no class is the same. Um, so for the first maybe five or 10 minutes, we go around, have people share, um, mm-hmm. maybe about their previous experience as well as what the theme of the class is. So for instance, last last week or even this week was uh, about letting go like the art of letting go yeah and really what that means for you um and the great thing about this breathwork technique is it just shuts your brain off man yeah it just shuts shuts the hamster wheel off yeah and when you do that amazing things can happen yeah and that's just what i really really love about it so cool mm-hmm. so let well, yeah so awesome let's let's set that on the shelf we'll come back to that um i want when we first sat down, you're telling me a story. So, so you're natural naturopathic physician, yep. correct? Yeah. With an interest in the, in the breathwork stuff, and you were you're sharing a story from from your childhood that kind of pointed you mm-hmm. this direction. Mm-hmm. I'd love you to share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, growing up, uh, Minnesota. Wait, oh, really? Yep. Where? Yep. Uh, Dayton, Minnesota. So, I, I actually was born in Minneapolis. Spent like not even two years there. Uh, and then I was in Dayton. It's is that, 45, su- is that Southern Minnesota? No, 45 minutes North of the city towards Duluth. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So I, I went to high school in, in Minnesota. I went oh, to college in Duluth. Where is oh, Dayton I thought, exactly? I thought you lived in, uh, Dakotas. Like, I was born in the Dakotas, but, oh, I, but I went okay. to school in Minnesota. Where exactly? Nobody on the podcast cares about this, but <laughs> I, I don't care anyway. Where exactly in Minnesota? Uh, it was in Dayton, Minnesota. Right, but yeah. where's that by? Uh, it's by like Rogers, which is 45 minutes north of the cities. I went to Maple Grove High School. Yeah. Maple oh. Grove is big. Yeah, yeah Maple, so you know Grove Maple Grove is a suburb. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I played basketball there and did all the sports stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're tall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it wasn't that tall. The two the, in my class, there were two other guys that were six eleven, went Division one. So I was like the metaphorical punching bag. So people used to just beat the crap out of me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. All yeah. right. So so Minnesota, uh, north of uh, the Twin Cities. Yeah. So your mom got. Tell us about your superhero. That's okay. what I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. Yeah, growing up in Minnesota, um, my mom was a nurse. Um, she was actually in a NICU, which is neonatal intensive care unit. And that just means you take care of little babies, like really, really sick, like 24 weeks. Um, they're on ventilators, you know, mm-hmm. like the the bubble, bubble babies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she just had the biggest, biggest heart. And um, she was so, I just remember her being so strong, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally. And she used to, you know, work the night shift, taking care of these babies, just high stress. And from a very young age, I remember my mom just coming home, 
having a smile on her face, packing me and my brother's uh, lunch pails, taking us to school because we were actually um, uh, going to Maple Grove. We were out of the school district because she wanted us to have the best education. And then she'd come pick us up. And I just, I didn't know when she ever took care of herself, man. Like Mm. I had no concept of that. And on top of that, she ran marathons and she did really well. And so she did all of this all the time and used me and my brother even as like weights to work out with. So, I mean, she could literally have my brother on one arm, me on another arm, and she could do like power clean push presses with us, you know? And she was like, I think 31 or something at the time. And she was my superhero, you know, like I just thought she was invincible and could do anything, you Mm -hmm. know? And Mm -hmm. anytime I had to ask her to do something, she just did it. And I had no idea, like I said, when she took care of herself. And I remember when I was about 13 years old, my mom just starting to get more brain fog, you know, Mm -hmm. just, uh, not being as present, um, not remembering things, showing up late, maybe for my basketball practices, just, just unusual stuff. Right. And it got to the point where she really realized she probably needed to go see somebody. So she went to go see her general care practitioner and they ran some tests and said, you're fine. And she didn't feel fine. Yeah. And so she went down that rabbit hole of specialists. And unfortunately she got misdiagnosed with a lot of stuff like cancer, a bunch of different autoimmune diseases. And it just, they kind of just chalked it up as you have fibromyalgia, which after going through medical school, I realized it's dude, it's just a diagnosis of exclusion, which literally what literally what it means is we don't know. So therefore we're going to classify you as such. Like wow. that that's, that's what like cr- chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. Yeah. That's literally what it is. There's, we don't know what it is. So we're going to push you off to the side did and she call have it Lyme. That. Did she ever get Lyme testing? she didn't no yeah and that's probably something that maybe would have been a piece of the puzzle but yeah yeah, i got lime in central minnesota well it might have been new york but i think i picked it up in central minnesota okay yeah yeah that's a big one for sure anyway okay yeah so uh, a diagnosis of a diagnosis of exclusion that's that's a it's kind of seems like an important term to have around because i know i know folks um in that arena in their lives around that are struggling with something that yeah, you know, after years, even decades, people just have no idea. And uh, those are the words that I've heard too, thrown around fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. What's another one? Um, Crohn's. No, is that, is that, that's, is that a different yeah, category? So yeah, Crohn's yeah. is pretty specific. That's pretty specific. Yeah, that's okay. pretty specific. Right, but yeah, those cool. are the main, those are like the main two. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or regional pain syndrome. Like that's another one that's just like, it's kind of like a fluffy diagnosis, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, anyways, she, you know, went down these rabbit hole of all these specialists getting misdiagnosed and she just kept getting worse and worse. So the more, the more I saw her see doctors, man, the worse she got. Hmm. So as a kid, can you imagine being like a 13 year old kid and like you see your mom keep seeing more specialists, keep getting worse, keep associating those specialists with your mom's, you know, worsening health. And so how did it feel? Was it angering? Was it hope? Did it feel hopeless? I just got super angry, just super angry, you know? And, um, it just got to a point where she was in bed for like a year, like straight up just a year. Hmm. Yeah. Like just couldn't get out of bed. And, uh, I ended up, you know, doing a lot for her, taking care of her, um, you know, making her food, just kind of the roles had reversed, right? Yeah. And I went from this 13-year-old boy to now having to be a grown man at a very young age, you know? Um, and I got just super frustrated with our current 
medical system. Like yeah. just like, I was like, where are the answers? Yeah. And I was lucky enough to find a chiropractor for my mom and she knew just, just a little bit about alternative medicine and uh, naturopathic medicine, I guess you could say. Yeah. And started to take some supplements, um, do some things at home that she wasn't doing before. And she just started getting better, you know? Mm. Um, and I'm telling you, man, it is something to have a superhero mom like that get bedridden and then be on painkillers, muscle relaxers, antidepressants. She's a different person, man. Like, God, I can it, only it, imagine. It's just like, you, it was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough for me to talk about it because she's such a good person. And I knew it wasn't her, you know? Wow. But like, just... The, I think the toughest thing for me was the change in personality. Like just the, just the, she's not my mom anymore, you know? Mm. And she knew that. And that loss of connection was so hard. So to get my mom back with just, you know, this chiropractor as well, she started to go see some other holistic healers. It meant the world to me. Well, I'm sure I can, I can, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. How long was the, the hellish period? How long was the, so she was in bed for about a year. And then, um, I would say she, she went through probably like six or seven years of just working on her health. Yeah. And And a lot of it has to do with, she grew up on a farm, you know, up, way, way up. You think, you know, Minnesota's far, Duluth's far. She was 20 miles from Canada and Stephen Argyle, Minnesota, which is like the northwest. You are kidding me. Northwest, west corner. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's really weird. So my dad, when I grew up I in a town called Drayton, North Dakota. Yeah, Drayton. Stephen yeah. was across the river. My yep. dad ran, my dad was an agriculturist for Crystal Sugar. And so he, one of oh, his wow. piling sites, beet, sugar beet yeah. piling sites that he was in charge of was Stephen Argyle. Yep. I know exactly where, yep. I know exactly what you're talking Gosh, about. Yeah, she's one of my kin, man. You're, yep. I mean, that's, that's my, those are my people up that's there. That's right. That's Interesting. right. Interesting. Yeah. Like graduating class of 20, I think, or 15. So, so exactly. So yeah. Tell me what you mean by it had to do with her growing up in a farm. What is yeah. That yeah. So, um, really what it came down for for her you know naturopath that she works with now and then talking with me is she spent 30 26 26 years on an agricultural farm and that was right around the time when uh, a lot of farms started to go from uh you know i guess you call it right i don't know normal farming like how you're supposed to farm to To uh, gmo yeah gmo Mm. monsanto crop um, and they started using a lot, a lot of pesticides. And why, why I feel like I can say that is because my mom has three siblings, mm. one sister, two brothers, and she is the second oldest. And she's so much healthier than the rest of my family, unfortunately. And it's just been such an eye opener because I've seen all the things that she has done for her health and they haven't, and they've stayed up up in that area and they just continue to get sicker i mean you're talking like thyroid disease skin cancer diabetes my mom's um, lost three siblings to cancer yeah 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 i mean uh especially with the pesticides there's a certain chemical called uh pcbs in Mm. there Uh, it's a polycarbonate it's like plastic and uh, it's been highly highly linked to cancer um and so and it tends to hang out in your fat tissue Hmm. so a lot of people up there they tend to have a lot of weight um Mm -hmm. and if you're continuing to pile those pcbs in your tissue there's just a breaking point you know and i always tell people that your body it's so freaking amazing like no matter where your health is at it's unbelievable 
how long your body has been able to keep you at this point. And whatever you're dealing with, this is your body's best solution for you right now. Hmm. So like, just take a second and just thank your body for like keeping you alive, you know, mm. like that's amazing, you yeah. know? And uh, yeah, just getting back to my, my mom and her family, like it's just been really an eye opener every time we go back now, just to see how fast their health is deteriorating. Cause she's 62. Um, and you know, um, her siblings are right around the same age and just the stuff that they're having to deal with you know, is unbelievable, you know? God, man. Yeah. 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 This hit, this hits close to home. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for well, kind of in a couple ways, but, <laughs> uh, what, I mean, we don't have to go all the way into it, but just on, just in general, what are some of the health practices that your mom took on that her, her family did not, what are some of the just categories? I mean, is it as yeah, simple it's, as it's, it's, fitness it's, and, or what is it? Sure. Yeah. I mean like for her, um, a big thing was food. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you are what you eat. I mean, yeah. I believe in Hippocrates, you know, food is thy medicine, right? Yeah. And, uh, our, our food supply, even, you know, if you get super nitpicky and get organic, like it's really, really depleted. Like magnesium is one of the biggest minerals that is in our soils. And since 1950, it's been depleted by 50%. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, wow, like we're just dealing with nutrient deficiencies. So the main thing she's done is supplementation. Mm -hmm. Um, She's done many different detox protocols. And one of the things that she's done that I think really, really helped her is uh, she uses um, some detox um, protocols. They're called UNDAs, Hmm. U-N-D-A, and it's a company based out of Germany. And what they do, and this is a big part of my practice as well, is, you know, forget about fibromyalgia, forget about chronic fatigue syndrome. Let's figure out what organ system, like, is it your liver, pancreas, lungs, which one's not working optimally? Hmm. Let's do some testing around that, and then let's specifically treat it. And why I like UNDA so much is we can actually take and custom formulate these compounds to help what we, and we call it, we call it drainage or detoxing that organ system. Hmm. And that's been something that she's done that I think has really set her apart, um, including many different at-home therapies for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And she's, uh, she's, she's swinging around now, feeling good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And a big thing that she's honestly done too, which is it's a, touchy conversation right now is um uh what i call medical grade uh, cannabis Mm -hmm. and actually micro dosing it um so that's something that we've been experimenting with um probably over the course of the last year or so Hmm. um is actually taking whole plant um it's actually a specific strain out of tokyo um and grinding it down into a butter machine Hmm. and just emulsifying it and then she just micro doses it twice a day so what's yeah. a microdose so <laughs> a pot because is that, yeah, i know like, right yeah. um so it's so inexact i'll be honest with you okay because um i'm not able to quantify the amount of thc or just CBD. not enough to get you euphoric not for her no yeah. no yeah. yeah yeah and i mean it depends on your system for some people it does get you a little high um mm-hmm. but for her she's found the right dose so she takes about half a teaspoon twice a day, hmm. um, which is pretty small. Yeah. It's really yeah. small. And that, and I really think Can that's we talk about of... macro dosing <laughs> <laughs> medical grade. <laughs> I'm hey man. I'm, I'm pretty much a lightweight. So you put me over yeah. 10 milligrams and I'm shooting through Pluto. So yeah. So yeah. that's how it is with me. Yeah. Do you ever combine what we're going on? Do you ever combine, uh, cannabis in your breath work? 
So that's something that I've done myself, yeah. um, as well as working with other plant medicines. So I yeah. spent um, some time in Iquitos, Peru, yeah. actually, um, with there. some shamans. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. At Niue Rao. Have you been there? Mm-mm. Okay. It's a, a, a spiritual center where they do ayahuasca ceremony. Mm-hmm. So I spent some time with ayahuasca as well as some of the other master plants. Um, and I have played around with it because, mm-hmm. hey, when you really, really think about it, like I, I, I'm a big believer in the, in this stuff as well, which is like each plant has, it has its own expression, you mm-hmm. know, it has its own vibrational frequency. Yeah. And when you can get into breath work where you can tap into that, it's been, it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, been I pretty bet. interesting. <laughs> I <bet it> <laughs> um, all right. So this is, this is, this is cool. This is interesting. So I love the story of where your purpose and work and passion Mm -hmm. came from. I mean, that's just beautiful. It's, it's touching. Um, I'm very happy that your mom's healthy. That makes me happy and hopeful. Um, I'm curious as to what your, what is it that, well, a couple things. The first thing would be your opinion on, um, I don't know. I think I get really excited and curious about, First of all, you know, knowing that your mom was from Stephen Argyle, which is right close to where I grew That's up, and I and bizarre. I know what the culture is like there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm in in not in any negative way, and and not not digging on anyone because I'd be digging on myself. But but there is to me a sense of going back in time when you go to a smaller and smaller town in rural North Dakota, mm-hmm. and this could be said about other places in the country. Mm-hmm. There is. Um, I mean, the idea of stepping deeply into naturopathic medicine and, and doing, um, you know, alternative therapies and like, it's just not, it's, you, you, it's just harder to find people in those areas that are willing oh, to do that. Yeah. Right. There's like, there's like, uh, I think 15 or 20 naturopaths in Minnesota. Like it's, is that really, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's not so I just think what I'm really curious about is, is when the hell are we going to, uh, get over some of our biases or what technology or what research or what is going to help push us into culturally and mm-hmm. mass mm-hmm. into this understanding. How do we take these types of things and remove them from the woo woo hippie spiritual mystical mm-hmm. place? Yeah. Which again, I'm not against that and there's something probably true about it. However, when we know that our medical system simply isn't helping people when sure. we just know sure. how can we make this, how can we deliver this in a way? And that honestly, I'm speaking to what my passion is about, about men and vulnerability and emotions and emotional intelligence and human connection. Right. right. It's, it's like, that was my fear was saying like, all right, dudes, like this isn't what we're doing sucks. <laughs> it isn't working and it hurts a lot of people. Yeah. And we're afraid to do this thing. And I understand that because I'm afraid too. Sure. But guess what? Here's what happens. And here's the possibilities when you take the risk to try something new. Right. And so where do you see alternative medicine or, or holistic medicine or naturopathic medicine on that spectrum right now? Is it becoming more mainstream? What are the avenues that are becoming more mainstream? And throw in breath work here too right i feel like again like what if it just became a normal thing that individuals in our society could have a regular breath work practice to to you know do all the good things it does Mm -hmm. i mean if you could snap Mm -hmm. your fingers and make 
I mean, just pick one fucking thing, breath work or a regular <laughs> asana practice. You name it right. and like make it more standardized, more accepted, right. like right. fully practiced. Like maybe it's just the optimist in me, but my God, could that change things? Oh, oh yeah. And it's just like what you talk about all the time where it's like, we we're, you're, you know, we're waging this war on on men right now and it's like okay let's get to what, the root what, 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 wait 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 I, I want to make sure that so i don't believe there's a war being okay. waged on men okay i don't and i don't think i've said that so i just want to make sure that's okay true. yeah no no i'm sorry about that no that's okay yeah. um but uh there's but, just a lot there's a lot of conversation let's say that about about men and um sexual assault and aggressive tendencies and all all that hoopla and and right. like for me like and and this is what I, I you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what you say is like it's a it's an internal thing. It's like w- what can you do to turn inward and ask yourself those deeper questions on what do I need to do f- to fulfill myself to get that out so that I don't I don't express it in my environment. Meaning like totally yeah totally yeah, yeah we all have some garbage to take out so that sure. we don't shit it all over everybody around us in ways that hurt them yeah or ourselves totally yeah 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 Absolutely. yeah yeah. 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 So, but to answer your question, like if I could wave my wand and, or snap my fingers and, and, and pick one thing, I would say, look, look towards, um, what's, what's popular right now. And one of the things that is popular right now is the conversation about, about cannabis and yeah. legalization of cannabis and in the realm of like naturopathic medicine, like the way I look at cannabis, it's just another plant, man. It's just, it's another plant that has amazing properties and I think with even with hemp, the analog of it, there's like three thousand different patents from like clothing to yeah. auto body car parts to medical grade. I don't know what, but like it's 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 taking those recreational or maybe even you know spiritual aspects and then combining them. And and the science, honestly, the science is there and it's been there for a long time. Mm. It just comes down to the proper lobbying um and what i what i what i always go to is like let's forget about snapping your fingers let's go back to the history books and let's actually look at okay naturopathic medicine yeah in the 18th century naturopathic naturopaths were the dominant medical professionals in the united states they were huh like 80 percent yeah and medical doctors mds were maybe around 20 percent and you know, people and they call, used that that language too. Is that what it was called, naturopathic at the time? Well, was it? we were like it was it was more or less like a holistic healer. Um, I okay. would say, yeah. Okay. But but that being said, we had a majority of the uh, large hospitals in the United States. There's actually still uh, Hahnemann Hospitals in Pennsylvania. It's like a ten thousand bed hospital. And it was majority run by uh, DOs and, and naturopath like practitioners. Hmm. And what happened? was there was something called the Flexner Report. And the MDs realized like, oh, wow, we're, we're outnumbered. The, the therapies and treatments that they use, which is surgery. And then, you know, you've heard about like, like mercury and lead. They used to just give it to people to help with their conditions. Right. It wasn't working. Yeah. So the society used to call them quacks, to be quite honest. So to turn around the conversation, what they did was they went to the government and they also went to the Rockefellers right. and they said, okay, we needed standardization, which is something I believe in Yeah, standardization in medicine. So they went around to all the naturopathic or holistic hospitals, took notes, and then they, they wrote this report after a year of study. And they said, these are the new standards for healthcare. And if you do not follow them, the government, as well as the Rock, Rockefellers will not fund you. 
Hmm. And you can imagine naturopaths being the rebels that we are and wanting to treat each person individually right. um, and give them the care that they need. A lot of them said no. So then the power shifted back over. And so to really answer your question about like, you know, if I could snap my finger and like wave a wand and change healthcare, yeah. um, I would say that it really comes back to the individual. It really does because you could, you could, you could line up like five people with the same condition in front of me and I'm going to treat them different. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, just to out myself. Um, so four years ago, moved to Montana, got married and, uh, my wife was in a, uh, I'll tell this story in the PG version, but she was in Haiti. And mm-hmm. she went to the hospital for food poisoning, mm-hmm. and she she was uh, she she was in the hospital for like ten days, and they pumped her full of antibiotics, just oh, like man. massive doses. Yeah. Came back, got C diff, which mm-hmm. is a super bug in her yeah. intestines, and it just like literally shot on our life for about a year, just like just sure. imploded things, and it was intense. Yeah, and. Uh, Again, like all the all the MDs saw many and uh, mm. had very discouraging and just like just terrible times. Found a naturopath, um, and through a dietary and and probiotics and supplements, within six weeks was back uh, to normal and healthy yeah. and strong and kicking kicking ass. Right. And you know, similar thing happened with our boy um, when he was young and. Ugh, so I'm not anti MD, not at all. I'm not either. It's I know, it's, it but, literally but, I wouldn't. But, but like, I, what I, the fuck? <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, but I, no, I, I, I wouldn't. Wait, be wait, here. wait. Let me ask this. What the fuck? Yeah. Right. Sure. Like really? Like what the fuck is taking? Like what the fuck is the impediment to this being? Yeah. Well, a, the easy, more the, common knowledge. The, what is the, what e- is the fucking the, the, honestly, the honestly, man? The easy thing to do is to blame the MDs. The easy thing to do is to to, to come in. And, and, I'm not. No, no, but I'm but just I'm saying at, like the sh- whole sh- thing. Yeah, right. Well, and for me, what I usually explain to my patients is, is follow the money. Just follow the money. Don't 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 ask questions. Just follow the money. So well, how if, do we put more money in your pocket? <laughs> I mean, really, what it comes down to. Do you want is, more money? Of course, because then what I can, I do, I do. I want that abundance because my, my whole goal is like, literally I'm on a, I'm on a mission to help as many people as possible because I want to write a check for a million dollars to some, somebody, something, some charity that needs it more than me. Like that, that's how I, money is energy. That's all it is. And and what, what the meaning that you put on money is the meaning that you put on money. There is no meaning behind it. It's an energetic exchange, no, man. So I, I, you, I, I agree. I totally agree. I just think that I think that uh, I think that um, my woo woo my woo woo sensor is going off there, and I agree. <laughs> but here's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like 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 I want to go to uh, your uncle in Stephen yeah. Argyle, sure, and say, hey man, I want to talk. I want to talk in the you know here here's what I actually. I feel like I want to be naturopathic medicines marketer. Mm. I want to be in there repping the shit that you guys do because it fucking works and it's helpful and it's empowering and it's, and it's loving and there's a lot of humanity in it. Right. And that's what I, that's what I'm coming in this podcast. That's what I'm coming to do. Right. Hire me. Like, 
America's naturopaths come together and hire me because I have some tricks <laughs> and I really, and I, I'm obviously I'm very passionate about this. I feel like, I feel like those of us in these communities who are, you know, call it counter. I don't know if it's even counterculture, but call it in this non mainstream category mm. of serving humans. Mm-hmm. We got to grow up and we got to, we got to meet people where they are and we got to figure out ways. And maybe it's lobbying, maybe whatever it is, but mm-hmm. we got to figure out ways that we can help our fellow humans mm-hmm. in ways that they'll fucking reach out and great take our hand. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to be straight with you. It's not all about what works. And what I mean by that is come back to the conversation of following the fucking money. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, me as a naturopath. So if you come and see me, I just, you know, obviously I just looked at my books and stuff. It costs about 2,500 a year. If you saw me every month and did everything and did all the supplements, it costs about $2,500 a month. Look at your copay or your deductible on your medical insurance. And even if you don't go see somebody, that's probably somewhere in the realm of what you're going to pay. And then on top of that, you got to look at the medical system just in general. It is literally paid. So you go, you go to MD school, you go to four years, you work your ass off, right? And you think, you think you're going to help people, and you definitely do. You graduate, you have to go to residency. Residency, according to MDs, is paid for mostly by Medicare Medicaid. What do you think those companies are invested in? So then what kind of programs and curriculums do you think are going to be implemented? Mm. Ones that involve the things that you already know, drugs and surgery, mm. drugs and surgery, drugs and surgery, because it's a cash cow. Because if you came into me and I was a medical doctor and you had high blood pressure, I would give you what? A blood pressure medication, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which then what? You're probably going to have to be on for the rest of your life because you right. have high blood pressure. Okay. Instead of asking the deeper question, which is why? What's the root cause? Maybe it's stress. Maybe we got to talk about your stress levels. Maybe we got to talk, talk about work. Yeah. Maybe you have an electrolyte imbalance. Maybe there's something going on with your salts. Maybe you're super dehydrated. Maybe we got to talk about that. Maybe you have a gut dysbiosis imbalance. You got some bugs in your gut that are wreaking havoc, yeah. raising your blood pressure. All of that can happen. But these medical doctors, when they get trained in that way, in that system, mm-hmm. I mean, you're literally dealing with somebody who's been trained that way, right? Yeah. So it's not their fault. And they have what? Eight minutes with you? That's impossible. Yeah. They have an impossible job. Yeah, totally. So I'm the first one to stand up and and fight for MDs and saying that, you know, a lot of them, they get put in this position, you know? So we have to look at the bigger picture. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. I got, I got no, uh, no beef with, with Mr. Doctor out there. None whatsoever. What I'm, what I'm really more interested in is in messaging to Americans that that take away the uh, fear that they have around a lot of really good things that could really help mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the the stigmas the stereotypes the the all of that I mean I'm a fairly I'm a very open-minded guy and I've tried all kinds of stuff and my goodness there is benefit into you know, many, many, many areas. And I get pissed about it, man. Like I get the cannabis thing. I'm a big fan, big mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. But you know what? Like there's, there's like, um, in the whole, uh, personal growth communities, Yeah. you know, like the, the psychedelics, the, the cannabis stuff again, yeah. Yeah, done yeah. plenty myself had my, had my turn at the table, 
big fan of cannabis, all that. And, and I get like, it's, it's an easy thing. There's like something that's like sexy to the, to the psychology of people about the, the drug thing that I think it's like a, I don't know. It's an easy sell to people. Oh Dr- yeah. Drugs are easy. Like, like that kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Cause think about the psychology behind it. So let's talk about the high blood pressure thing again. So yeah. you come into my office, I'm a medical doctor. You have high blood pressure. Yeah. Here's a, a blood pressure lowering medication, whatever it is. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm psychologically saying to you is Dan, you're okay. There's nothing that you are doing that is wrong, whether it's with your diet, lifestyle, anything. Oh, so yeah, no, I am, no, you're I, misunderstanding. Okay. So, so I'm speaking about cannabis, oh, and, cannabis. and plant okay. medicine okay. and that kind of stuff. And I think that that's the, that is a place that um, Americans that are already, you know, not, not going to see naturopathic med- mm-hmm. doctors. That is sort of a, a low-hanging fruit for the psyche of an American to say, oh, I could try that. Or right. I, I think, I think oh, that yeah. that's – and maybe it is just that. Maybe maybe the plants and that stuff, that's a gateway drug to other health practices. Yeah. But um, I'm kind of losing my point here. But whatever, I have kind of a – No, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You're looking for saying? like like different different gateways, yeah, for people to get introduced to naturopathic medicine. Well, and, and let's, just one, call for, it, let's just call it being a healthy human. Right, right, but how many people? How many people human. are going to be aware of that? See, what I've really experienced being a naturopath, like I said in the in the podcast, is most of the people that come to me are unfortunately really sick. I love, and I do work with people that are just looking to optimize their health, and that's an awesome place for me and for them to be in. But most people don't even look at this side of medicine until either their you know copay and insurance exactly has run I'm out, saying. or yeah. That, but that's exactly I know. what I'm saying. I know. Yeah, I know. It takes crisis for people to start and taking that's care not, of and, themselves. And I, I really try to preach the opposite, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to take crisis for you to turn your life around. Yeah. And that's kind of how we operate as human beings. That's where I have the biggest beef. So I'm just I'm just having an existential <laughs> battle here, and it has nothing to do with you. I'm just battling no, that. No. I, ju- I, I get it. I get it. But don't, haven't we fucking grown up enough to, fa- to, to face the truth that, like, it shouldn't take crisis to be healthy anymore. Right. It shouldn't. No, it doesn't. We got the awareness of, oh, yeah. of fucking like well, all the crazy shit we can do. Yeah. I can send something across the a world from my phone in an instant, yep. but we can't communicate to our kids to the and maybe it is changing. Maybe I'm maybe I'm like hemming and hemming and hawing in a thing that's old fashioned yeah. now. But like sure. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of different trends. I mean, like the gluten-free trend, whatever you want to think about it, or dairy-free trend, like those have been really instrumental, you know, and there's a lot more behind it from a naturopathic side, you know, science side, but like, yeah, just removing those things are inflammatory for your body is super helpful, super helpful. Well, so there, I think science is, I think is real. I think science is a big part of destigmatizing these things. Oh, right. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, really when it gets down to it, like for, for my patients, I want them to feel better. Yeah. I want them to feel fucking amazing, you know, like not just okay, like optimized, you know? Mm-hmm. And until, until you actually experience that, I think a lot of people don't even know how, how to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> like in, no, in talking yeah. about my uncle yeah. up in Stephen Argyle, for example, yeah. 
I just know he doesn't. He he just knows what he knows. He yeah. just knows what he feels. He doesn't even have any clue what it would feel like not to have diabetes or not to be in pain all the time and yeah. not to have all that inflammation. Like, of course, of Isn't course he would choose that. Huh? Isn't that heartbreaking? It's, oh yeah. It's, it breaks my heart. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Like it literally I've watched, I've watched a lot heart. of my family members pass. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've. I've tried to have conversations. It's been, yeah. I mean, I mean, it gets to, and I'll be honest, like it, it gets to a point where you're talking to a family member and they only see you as a family member, yeah. you know, not necessarily a physician or not a healthcare provider, or not somebody that's just trying to help, you know? Mm-hmm. And what, where I come from, Dan is I've completely let go of yeah. that attachment yeah. and really introduced myself as like, I'm going to do the best for me and my health and wellness and I'm going to inspire people mm-hmm. for people to be like, hold, hold on a second here. Dr. Dr. Court, you look pretty good. Like what? You got a glow. Are you What's gonna, going are on you here? You know, like, like, are you going to tell me that you're actually like 87 or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. How old are you? I'm 31. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been really impressive. If I know, been right? like, I'm actually 87. Surprise 87. Yeah. How long do you think, how old do you think you can live? I want to shoot for a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like a hundred good years, Yeah, not just a hundred sitting in some wheelchair. Yeah. And that's possible now. You think so? Oh yeah. Especially yeah. with the advances in science, especially like with some of the stem cell procedures that they're doing down in Panama. Um, it's un- unbelievable what the regeneration properties in some of these procedures are. It's tell it's, me example. Um, well, so for, for instance, like, um, there is, a lot of stigma around stem cells in the United States right now. So yeah. there's only things you can and can't do. And so I use what's called um, amniotic donor tissue. So there's three different types of stem cells. There's bone marrow, there's fat, and then you can get a donor. So pregnant moms sign a release waiver saying, hey, you can use my placenta after I give birth. And so they take out what's called the it's called a non-self layer mm-hmm. where that tissue won't attack baby and won't attack mom. Mm-hmm. It's like a neutral line. And okay. so you can actually extract that. And back in the 80s, they used to use that for wound patients. They used to, you know, or burn patients. They used to just wrap that layer around people's skin. People started getting real sick, real sick. Guess what it was? AIDS. Whoa. So people, that's that was a big problem is people were getting skin grafts from this donor tissue and ending up with HIV and AIDS. That's bananas. So, yeah. So they completely cut that, all, all that research out for the last 20, 25 years okay. plus until now, because now they have much more stringent ways of testing for communicable diseases sure. like HIV and AIDS. So anyways, you can literally take this, this tissue, this it's, you know, it's free. What else are you going to do with it? People are just going to throw it out and you can actually grow it, it up. <laughs> Some people do. Yeah. Did, did your wife do that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Did it help? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, big time actually. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I, uh, I once ate some of one of my friends uh placentas too. Uh-huh. Weird, weird, huh? That's <laughs> my, yeah. my 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 woo meter's going off now. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> so that, what are, that's what really are you, diving in deep. What are you doing with with this tissue? Yeah, so um you can essentially just uh, take this tissue, uh, extract it, put it put it in a vial, um, and it it doesn't react to anything, right? So it's a non non self layer, so you won't have an autoimmune reaction to it or anything. So you can just take it, reinject it back into joints, damaged cartilage, hmm. um, and it has 
256 growth factors, which is what's really important is the growth factors, not necessarily the stem cells Hmm. and it regenerates tissue. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I had uh, an amazing case of uh, one of my friends, she's a yoga instructor and she got in a bike accident, ended up getting an MRI, nothing, um, CT scan, nothing. Hmm. Um, and we use at my clinic, uh, musculoskeletal ultrasounds, um, which really detect minute defects in bone and tissue. And literally within 30 seconds, we found out she had three micro fractures in her femur that were just right there that she was walking around on for a year. I think she was hobbling around. And then she had a complex tear in her meniscus, which is the cushioning in the knee. And then the ACL, which is one of the biggest ligaments that keeps the knee together. And uh, we just, uh, seriously, we just injected this amniotic tissue directly into those cracks, those micro fractures. And I'd say in within 14 days, she was back teaching yoga five classes a week. And she was so happy that she went to India and did a 500 hour yoga teacher training. And I actually just hung out with her like two weeks ago and she's been doing fine ever since. So that's it's pretty, pretty wild. It's pretty so wild. So yeah, I mean, like Panama? that's, that's like a real, like super success story. Right. Right. But um, what are they doing in Panama? What are they doing in Panama? Yeah, you said so, they're doing crazy shit in Panama. Yeah, so they're in in Panama. What they've done is they've taken a specific uh, uh, cell line, a pluripotent stem cell line, um, and they've grown it up. Um, so they actually culture it and then they give it IV. Um, so it's something that I know Tony Robbins has been doing. There's been some USC fighters that I'm fam- familiar with have been doing, um, and they're getting really intense regenerative, you know, capabilities. Oh, like, okay. yeah, like um, Magic like da- like Dan Bilzerian, he went down there. And he did an IV and he, he claimed that, you know, he was 30% stronger like the next day. So pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, how does your breath work mix with your, uh, professional practice? Yeah. Do you, do you recommend it to your patients? Is it something that, can you do that? Is that, is that part of it or no? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm an independent contractor, so I, I technically own my own business. I I work out of nourish medical center, but I I'm just independent. So I can recommend whatever I want. Um, and so it has been a huge, huge part for me, um, especially with a lot of my patients with, anxiety, depression, um, as well as just really feeling like they're stuck, um, Mm. in their health condition. And it just gives them an opportunity to step outside of themselves for just, just a minute, you know, just a hot minute so that they can realize something they didn't realize before. So it's been working out beautifully. Yeah. That way. All right. So I'm going to ask you to do something that you probably don't want to do. Okay. And and, and I hear you that, that your practice is all about the individual, right? Sure. But if you were to isolate three of the most important health producing factors that you could prescribe to a generation mm. of men. Okay. Okay. What would you, what would you, what would you really isolate? What would you say? Yeah. I would say, you know, for, for men to truly have just a like kick ass optimized life, like you need to have a practice for yourself. So whatever the hell that is, you know, if that means you, getting together with a group of men and going hunting, fantastic. If that means you having a specific way in which you work out each week, you know, almost like, you know, like a a religious practice that that's what men need, that consistency. Um, the second thing that I, what if it's masturbation? (laughs) 
but most of them have that practice. Most of them have that, and then they lean so far the other way, yeah, with that (laughs) as well. (laughs) Okay, so one's a practice. What else? Yeah, a practice. Uh, The second thing for me is our soils are super nutrient depleted, Mm. and I always recommend for people to be on a uh, B-complex, an activated B-complex. So there's a lot of shit at GNC and a lot of these other stores, Mm -hmm. and it really unfortunately gives me a bad rap sometimes because those companies um are uh, they they have to follow what's called a pharmaceutical standard i follow a actual pharmacy standard so we use what are called activated b vitamins so that your body actually utilizes them and absorbs them almost at 90 percent why that's great proves your brain cognition Helps with your libido big time. Mm. Um, a lot of men deal with those issues as well. And then just performance, just mm. in general. Um, so I highly recommend people taking so an, B, act, a, an activated, activated form. B. Not just not just like a yeah. regular B vitamin you can yeah. get, but an act. it's called activated or phosphorylated B vitamins. Yeah. Amazing. Huge. Huge. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then third for me, it's breath work, man. Yeah. It's my jam. Yeah. It really is. And um, I just love... I love it so much because it's it's not it's not fucking talk therapy. Mm-hmm. I, I I you know I didn't tell you too much about my personal story, but I I went through a big period of my life with depression, especially mm-hmm. around the time that my mom was sick, and um, man, you know, going through the antidepressants um, as well as just the conventional model with talk therapy. Yeah. Sometimes there's just shit you can't talk about because our bodies literally are trying to protect us twenty four seven. And when you've had some kind of traumatic experience and you don't even know how to talk about it, there's not a lot of tools left. And so breath work, especially for men, you don't have to talk to anybody about it. You can have your own experience. You know, you're laying on your mat. You don't have to to, to share anything. Mm -hmm. And you can move through some heavy shit so that you can feel lighter on the other side. And so I pretty much prescribe that to almost every single one of my male patients because they don't they have, we just have a more difficult time expressing ourselves Mm. and we do it in different ways, Mm -hmm. right. Than women do. We don't, we don't talk about shit. You know, we don't, we don't use words like compassion and grace and feeling like unless you're in an every man group. That's right. (laughs) Cool. Well, no, I I think that's really important. I think that, that, that is very attractive that, uh, the, the inner work that needs to be done has a lot of, a lot of ways into it mm-hmm. and yeah so if, if this entices any of you guys out there in uh the, i don't even know what it's called the this strangely dispersed digital world that we're living in now right. yeah to, to, i i've i couldn't recommend breathwork anymore so the specific type mm-hmm. you you focus on yeah, where can people find it yeah where can people yeah. find you yeah so it's a two two-part breathwork technique um and i teach two different classes. Um, I teach one at Sojourn Healing Collective in San Diego. It's right next to Balboa Park. Are you online? Because these guys in New York yes. will never, never come to San Diego for that. Are you, can they find yes. you online? Yeah. So I teach a monthly online class. Um, cool. Our next one's February 7th at seven o'clock um, and that specific standard time. And what's great about that is it's unlimited. So we can take up to a hundred people all at the same time. Um, and me and my girlfriend actually, um, host that class. Um, so we have all sorts of people hop on from all, all over the world, actually Brazil, New York city, sometimes even Europe. Um, and it's just an awesome way for people to connect. And I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't so sure 
how powerful that would be mm-hmm. because I was so used to being in a class um, yeah. and having people connect that way. Totally. It's just as powerful. Cool. People have really, really awesome experiences. So and that is there a website or how can they find you? Yeah. So I have a website called The Healing Couple, um, which is cool. uh, what me and my girlfriend, we have a, a company that we do breath work. Um, we do workshops as well. Um, and then we do private coaching. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for listening. And again, find us at everyman.com. Come to our retreats. Come on our wilderness expeditions. Uh, we got all kinds of good stuff going on. I'd love to meet you in person one day, uh, introduce you to what we do and help this movement truly grow. All right. Take care. <laughs>